This is CliffCentral.com. Over to Anthea, who's here for the money shot. All right, Anthea, take it away. Two friends of Anthea sent that in for us. Oh, look at Isn't that. Isn't that nice, huh? Isn't that really cool? 9 a.m. Uh, 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 uh. All right. Okay. Thank you, honey. Oh. All right. <laughs> so very nice. So, how are you, Anthea? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Welcome good, good, back. Good. Yeah, thank you. I had a very good time. Um, you, you ski, right? Oh, I love skiing. Oh, it's the uh, best. Isn't it? Once you get in, like, the first day I was useless because I was way too ambitious and thought I could go fast and... Uh-huh. <laughs> Had a couple of falls. Plus, the conditions were shit on the first day. It was, oh, no. it was snowing quite a lot. There was very poor visibility. It was icy. Oh, Not no. the best. Awesome. But yeah, by the second day, I was good. Okay, my, and then you get into your stride. It does yeah. take a while before a day or two before you kind of get used to that feeling of being on the snow. And yeah, it's the very best. Weird. It is such oh, a weird feeling. <clears throat> All right, so back to important stuff. Let's get into the ugly situation that is Brexit. I know a lot of people are tired of talking about Brexit. I know a lot of people are so confused as to what actually is going on there. But what is the status quo at the moment and what impact does it have on people's money? Okay. So on – I forget the dates exactly, but it was Tuesday they had a vote um, that went through. And then I think it was Wednesday or Thursday they had to vote again to whether or not to delay it and go to the EU to delay Brexit because the actual date was 29th of March and they're obviously not going to meet it. And I think what will happen now is that the EU, well, I think it already has said it's fine, they will delay Brexit. That's basically what's going on. As I understand, the EU, the EU aren't exactly making it easy for Britain to, Why to should do they? this. Well, this is the point, right? Because they need that British taxpayer's money to keep the, the EU bureaucracy afloat. I'm not sure they do need the British okay. taxpayers' aren't the, aren't money. Aren't the British part of the biggest block of payers? Sure, but they can do without it. There's not a because, yeah, I mean, of course, you know Bulgaria produces so much uh, <laughs> revenue. Okay, yeah, sure. You know all right, what I, I mean. I get your point. Yes, yeah. I know exactly. But but basically, oh, Leanne, what happened? Right. Sorry, hold on. Let's just all check if Leanne's okay. Ooh, that felt good. <laughs> well, all right, sure. All right, back to you, Anthea. And that's Sorry. what she thinks of Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> But basically what happened on Thursday is that now it's a reset. So everything can start from zero again. They can have another referendum. I mean, it's just ridiculous, actually. They can have another vote of no confidence. It's We're back to square one. Why can't they just do this? The British people have said they want out. And they should, right? right? Yes. I don't know what the delay is. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, and clearly they've changed their minds, realized that it was a problem. They shouldn't have voted for Brexit. But this is, rem- this is Remainers who are trying to exactly. scupper the plans that were voted for. Like you cannot – you can't turn around and, and change the rule that people in a referendum decided they were going to get out. Do you not think that the Remainers are – Ooh, how do I say this without sounding snobbish? Slightly more intellectual than no, the Brexiteers. I think that the Remainers are, are an, intellectual, an intellectual elite. Yeah, and I think that's that what they, I'm they consider themselves to be no better than the, the ordinary people. And I'm sorry, that's not how democracy works. Mm-hmm. If you like democracy, if you believe in democracy, you can't say, oh, well, we know better, so we're going to override that. And if you do, if you don't believe in democracy, sure, then, you know, say it's an oligarchy and say we've got th- this group of people who know better than you 
We'll let them decide. It'll be interesting to see what happens if they do have another referendum, whether or not Britain will vote for another Brexit. I mean, surely. After all this, you think so? I think they'll vote for it in even even bigger numbers. Oh, okay. That'd be interesting. All right, and then back home, Group 5, the construction company, filed for bankruptcy protection on Tuesday. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Cash crunch was the issue. Um, They're trying to stave off their lenders. Basically, wow. they're saying, and I know, it's Group sad. Five is easily one of the biggest construction companies in South African history. Definitely. Very successful business. On the continent. Yeah, built most of the bridges and buildings and, you know, it's a huge yeah. engineering firm. And one of the issues, in fact, was that they, they ran into cash flow problems at the end of last year when the Ghanaian Sen Power Generation Company made a $62 million claim about delays in the power plant build. Um, and they've since terminated the project. But really, Group 5 are saying it, it's the local economy mostly. Uh, stagnant growth, economic growth, and a pullback <coughs> in infrastructure f- spend by government and private companies well, in I hate, South Africa. I hate to say it, but this is the, the new reality of, mm-hmm. of Cyril's South Africa. And, and in a country where we can't provide power for companies. There are going to be a lot of others that will file for bankruptcy now. There are a lot of other companies that will have to lay off workers. We're going to have a very big headache for the next couple of months. I, I in fact, read about two companies yesterday, small companies, unlisted, that had to close doors because of the electricity shortages in oh. South Africa at the moment. Well, <coughs> so it's happening already. Yeah. So Pravin in all of his meetings with ESCOM, he better realize the severity of all of this. Yeah. And we also had mining and manufacturing data out last week sometime. Um, and that's also such an indictment on what's happening. Manufacturing output rose by 0.3%, which is basically flat. Yeah. And then mining production declined by 3.3%, which is very depressing. You know, you, we are a commodities mining um, com- country store. And so we do depend on it. And such a shame because two weeks ago we were talking about the current account deficit in I think it was February we were looking at, um, and that how it wasn't great because it was a deficit, the balance was a deficit, but two um, sectors that kind of held it up, financial, so banking, investments, and mining were the other yeah. ones. And mining really was because we were exporting commodities and the commodity prices had rallied. And if we can't take advantage of high commodity prices, where does that leave us? Like it, It's terrible. It's a shock. So let's just talk quickly about Exaro. Another and, mining and, company. <laughs> and about African Rainbow Capital Investments because they come out of a mining company. Indeed. So Exaro is the coal miner. Fantastic result. I mean, really unbelievable result. I don't know if you remember last year they paid a special dividend and their total dividend for last year was 23 rand 90 or somewhere around there. Per share. Uh, yes, per share. Um, this year they reported post tax profits of 7.1 billion rand, so up from last year's 6 billion rand. Mm-hmm. And I think, so Leo is our mining analyst and him and I were talking about this the other day when the results came out. Um, the only subsidiary of Exaros that didn't perform really was Sishin, which is the iron ore company. But even they paid 2.6 billion rand in dividends up to the holding company. Wow. And kind of Exaro's um, dividend policy or cash flow policy is that they will pay that anything they get from Sishin directly to the shareholders. Wow. And we're thinking there could be another 24 rand in total dividends this year. Very so if nice. you have Exaro shares, hold on to them. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about Patrice? So um, this was African Rainbow Capital Investments. It's different from African Rainbow Minerals. Sure. 
it, as you're right, though, it was born out of the mining company, but this is his investment holding company. And they do have some mining, but it's small in this yeah. investment holding company. The real kind of holding and their big money spinners, rain, time, they have an 8% holding in Alexander Forbes. Um, they've, they, they've bought We Buy Cars or I think 30% of We Buy Cars. Oh. Um, yeah. So kind of nice, um, diversified portfolio. The, so because it's a holding investment company, we don't look at operations or operational margins or EBITDA, that sort of thing. We look at net asset value or intrinsic net asset value. Sure. And it rose from 9 Rand 12 cents last year to 9 Rand 20. So they're saying the net asset value, if you add up all the assets that they hold, equals 9 Rand 20 a share. The share is trading at a 45% discount. So you're saying we should buy some? Oh, we definitely should buy okay. some. Not because it's necessarily because it's trading at a discount, because all investment holding companies tend to trade at a discount for they take into consideration management fees and roll up of cash flow and that sort of thing, all sorts. But I'm saying you should buy these shares because even though they have valued their assets at nine Rand twenty a share, we think they're conservatively valuing their assets. So Rain, for example, well, let's talk about time first, Time Bank. Remember we spoke about the trading statement two or three weeks ago? Right. And we were saying how from start to finish, from opening – like starting to do your bank account to getting a bank card, three minutes, 30 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So you walk into the Spick and Pay kiosk, you go to the little Time kiosk, and you put in your FICA docs, and three minutes and 30 so this seconds is, later this you is have a card. this is foreseeably the best way for – Unbanked South Africans to get banked. Absolutely. They are adding 3,500 customers per day. They now have 130,000 from 80,000 two weeks ago when we spoke about it. Sure. Their break even is 2 million clients. Their uptake is three times faster than they thought it would be, and their deposit taking is four times bigger than they thought it would be. I mean, this is your next cappy tick on steroids. That's phenomenal. Amazing. And, and it's because, you know, that they, 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 there's going to be a war now on banking prices, which it's about time to, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, while we're on banks, Rand Merchant Holdings. Yeah. Um, so they own 34% of First Rand. They're again the investment holding company. They did okay, but not, not spectacular. You, you know, it's about, their port- property portfolio is about, worth about a billion Rand in normalized earnings. Um, the, yeah, revenue grew by 7%. It's okay. You, you know, it's, it's not great, but I think what was interesting about Rand Merchant Holdings, um, is that they say they're diversifying their portfolio or their income streams really before they used to be financials and you know, they also own West Bank and all that. Um, they now want to move into what they call digitally, digitally oriented firms. So it'll be interesting to see what they are going to be buying. But that's where their focus is. All right. Yeah. Um, and Cooper's report on Steinhoff was finally revealed this week. <laughs> yes, and I was not going to read 3,000 pages, so I waited no. for the 10-page quick sticks. <laughs> so, so, I mean, what's the basic story here? Because we already know there was crookery afoot. Um, Marcus Huerster and his compatriots had, had basically conspired to to make a false balance sheet. Yeah. Pretty much exactly that. Irregular transactions with eight of their firms. So, you know, Steinhoff invested offshore. And I think this is where the problems were, you know, where they started. So think Mattress Firm, Conferama, those companies. So in the U.S., in France, in Europe, in Eastern Europe. Um, 
6.5 billion euros worth of irregular transactions in inverted commas. And basically what they did was lied about income. So when these companies that they bought were not making money, they actually said, they actually lied. (laughs) It's, it's that simple, really. Um, they created assets and profits. Um, they overstated assets. Up. They made it up. They literally made it up. So what happens now? Do people go to jail? Marcus Eustace ha- um, has declined. Eustace? Has declined the interview from PwC. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he was allowed to do that. Uh, this guy, how can he still be at large? I don't know. I mean, how, how is he allowed is he to continue? Free? Yeah, this guy has almost single-handedly. He and and and, and his co-conspirators have sunk. Billions in investments. Billions. People's hard-earned pensions, people's yeah. hard-earned savings. He played with this like it was, like he was Nero fiddling while Rome burned. And and it wasn't, it it wasn't a mistake or an error. It was intentional. They yeah. were forged documents. Right. So now we know the truth. So surely there's got to be a price there. Yeah, I would say. Huh. Um, right, and well, now we'll, and and now we wait for him to get arrested. We'll I mean, hold our it. breath. So it, it all goes to the national. Uh, Office of Public Prosecutions, the National Director of Public Prosecutions. I don't actually know where it goes from. I would imagine so. She's the one who has to decide who gets prosecuted. All right. Thank you, Anthea. It's a pleasure. Cool. There's Anthea to start you off on a Monday. Lots to think about. This is cliffcentral.com.